We're continuing our look at uh, the story of Noah. Last week, we, we looked at how Noah uh, was living and the conditions of the world uh, that he was living and that it was, it was a mess, you know. The Bible talked about how um, every thought and every, even their imagination was totally evil. And so um, God chose Noah um, to, to restart the world. You know, he saved Noah. And the reason he saved Noah was because Noah stayed close to God. And that's kind of what we talked about last week, how important it is for us to stay close to God. You know, and there's three things from Micah 6.8 we talked about. How, how do we do that practically? Pretty simple. You know, we just do what is right. You know, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. And I hope that this past week you've been praying. I've been praying for that praying for you that that's what we would do, that we would do what is right, that we would love mercy, and we would walk humbly uh, with our God. Well, we're going to pick up the story of Noah this week with him on the ark. Okay, now, he's on the ark, you know, floods there, and in, verse, uh, in Genesis 7, verse 11, it says, when Noah was 600 years old, took a lot of vitamins and, and all that, I mean, he's 600 years old, you know, and on the 17th day of the second month, all the underground waters erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. And what we see that the flood went on for quite a while, all right? But then it goes on in verse uh, 24. It says, And the flood waters covered the earth for 150 days. All right? So the flood was going on, flooded. Now, the earth is flooded for 150 days. And what we have here is Noah floating around on this ark after the greatest catastrophe in human history, right? I mean, the whole world is covered. And here's Noah on this boat. And there's no one else alive except him and his family and the animals, right? And, and he doesn't know where the ark is going. Because the ark is just floating. There's no motor. There's no paddles, oars, whatever. He's just floating around. And, and you know, what would the earth... What would the world look like after the waters subsided? Or would the waters subside? You know, would he be on this ark with all these animals for the rest of his life? You know, was there going to be enough food for them? You know, what about all the animals? And, and the Bible doesn't tell us if God told Noah what would happen after the flood, right? Because all we know is God said, build this ark. Get on the ark. You know, just rains are going to come. You know, going to save you and your family. One of each animal, male, female, bring them on board. He didn't say what was going to happen afterwards. He was going to go on the cruise for, the, for his lifetime. Didn't know. He didn't know how long, if the cruise was just for a while, he didn't know how long it was. You know, was it going to be a, a three-day, you know, three-hour tour? You know, we don't know. Noah didn't know, you know, and, and God didn't tell him where he was headed or if he would get off. All he knew, he was on this boat, and the boat was just floating, right, floating on the surface of all this water, and he was trusting God and hoping that things were going to work out. And so I was thinking about that, you know, like, okay, after about a day or two, you're wondering, okay, this is... This is kind of neat. The boat worked, you know, because he had to build the ark, right? The boat, yeah, it's pretty good. After a couple of weeks, hey, this is not bad. 
You know, after a month, two, three, I mean, what went on? You know, what do you think went on in Noah's mind floating on that ark for so long? You know, how long were they going to be on that ark? You know, don't know. You know, um, I think what I would have thought was, I wonder if we're going to be here on, on this ark for the rest of our lives. Because everything else is wiped out. You know? And the Bible doesn't record any further conversation between God and Noah on that ark. Now, did he talk to Noah on the ark? We don't know. Just that the Bible doesn't record any conversation, you know? And it would have been easy to understand that after 150 days of floating around, for Noah to think, you know, is, is God still there? You know, is God still there? Did, did he abandon me? Did he forget about me? Did he say, you know, the world was such a mess and, yeah, I, I, I wanted this guy to build the ark, but now after 150 days, I wonder if God remembered me. You know, I wonder if he forgot about me. And, you know, have you ever felt abandoned by the Lord? Have you ever felt abandoned by God? Have you ever felt like, you know, you were desperately calling out to God and you waited and you said, God, man, I need something so bad. And you waited and you waited and, and you waited some more and then you just stopped and said, I wonder if, God, if God's there. You know, I wonder if God forgot about me. Have you ever felt like your prayers were just bouncing off the ceiling and hitting you on your head? Like, man, it's not even... Nothing's happening, you know? If you've been in that situation and you're wondering if God is there, then Noah's story has real answers for you. And, and here's the thing, right? And that's what this whole <clears throat> series is about, real. Because the Bible is real. And it has, it's about real life. And it's about real people. And it's about real challenges. And, and Noah's in a, in a challenge here. And some of you are in a real challenge. But the great thing is that the Bible is also about real answers. Real answers. And, and, and God's answer to you, if you're wondering if God's forgotten about you, is right here in Noah. God's going to speak to you today. In Genesis 8.1, the Bible says this. Noah's been floating around, right, wondering what's going on. And the Bible says this, four words. But God remembered Noah. But God remembered Noah. And those four words tell us a great deal about our God. Because one of the greatest fears we have is to be forgotten. We fear death because it means ultimately that we're going to be buried in the grave. Or if you're like me, you're going to be scattered over Oahu, right? I told you about that story, right? Daniel Soul, he's a pilot. And uh, I, I told Daniel, you know, and I, I saw Daniel one day, and I said, Daniel, I'm getting old. You know, I'm just not as young as I used to be. You know, I get up and I make noise. I sit down and I make noise. You know, that's how you know you're getting old. When you get up, you're like, you make noise, you know you're getting old. And I told Daniel, I said, Daniel, you're a pilot, and this is what I want to do. I don't want to be buried in the ground. What you do is when, you know, I'm going to be cremated, and then when you fly over Oahu, right, and uh, we'll have a service for me. It's probably going to be held at the Aloha Stadium because I have a lot of friends and <laughs> there. And then when you fly over, then you have someone, maybe Johnny and my family, whatever, can scatter the ashes all over Oahu and right over Aloha Stadium. And people are like, what is, that's Mark, you know. But that was my dream, you know, that, that's, that's my deal. But, you know, we fear, <laughs> don't worry, I don't plan to die real soon. And, uh, you know, you can bring an umbrella if you want. 
But you see, that's one of our greatest fears because we think once we die, will we ever, you know, will we be forgotten, right? We'll be forgotten. No one's even going to know that we ever existed. And when the Bible tells us that God remembered Noah, it doesn't mean that God forgot about him, right? See, that's not what it's talking about. It simply means that in the midst of this great flood, God stayed true to his promises, that God promised to establish his covenant with Noah and what God promises, God does. And so the Bible is saying, but God, but God remembered Noah because he's a faithful and loving God, that he doesn't forget about us and that he can be totally trusted for everything. And God demonstrates in this story that, that he remembers even in the midst of what you're going through. And there are real answers right here in the story of Noah that when you're experiencing a real life challenge, all right? So when you're waiting on God, what, what can you expect? What, what, what can you do? First thing is this. When you're waiting on God, you can take it to the bank. You can trust God that God will remember you and he will send you a wind of encouragement, all right? That if you're going through a tough time and you've been waiting on God and you've been praying and praying for days and days and months and years, whatever, God will remember you and he will send you a wind of encouragement. Genesis 8.1 goes on and it says, But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock with him in the boat, and he sent a wind to blow across the earth, and the floodwaters began to recede. You see, God didn't abandon Noah, that, that he was still there. He remembered Noah, and in his perfect timing, he sent this wind to blow, you know. And all of a sudden, Noah's like, hey, there's a wind, and it was blowing. And the storm was under the control of God, and he sends this wind to begin to dry out the earth. And if you're waiting on God, and maybe you're feeling like, man, he's forgotten about you, let the Holy Spirit speak to you today. Let him speak to you that God will bring wind your way that at his appointed time in his perfect timing that he's going to send a wind to encourage you that no matter what the situation you find yourself in god's working it out in his perfect time you know over the last few months i've been going through what i what i just call now in my journal i call it the my my skin affliction of adventure you know my skin affliction adventure talked about it a little bit and you know what it's been miserable you know, you're just scratching all the time and just itching and can't sleep. And, uh, you know, I, I prayed, right? Because first you God, I need help, you know? All this stuff ain't working. And then I had people pray. People were praying. Mark, got some people praying for you. Great, you know? And prayed, and we, we waited, and I waited, waited. Just kept feeling miserable, often wondering if, Man, God, when, when are you going to show up? You know, when are you going to show up? Because this is a mess, you know. And uh, I don't much like looking at, looking at my body anyway, God. But man, now with all that stuff, it looks bad, you know. And, and one day, I distinctly heard in my spirit, as I, was, as I was in my time with the Lord, that I heard in my spirit, out of God's love for me, I felt God would say, Mark, you know, I'm cleansing you from the inside out. I'm just cleansing you from the inside. I love you. I want to cleanse you from the inside out. Because, you know, there's some stuff in you that you got you to gotta be cleansed up on. You know, because you're not perfect. I know you think you're perfect, but you're not. 
To which all of you, yeah, he's not. Don't have to nod. You know, come on. You know? And, and then I, I just, as I prayed, it was like, you know when you have like a, a barrel or something and you pour water, it's a dirty barrel, you pour water and all the, the junk stuff kind of comes up to the surface? I felt like that's what God was doing. You know? That, that, that he was cleansing me for, from the inside out for what laid ahead. And, you know, there were many days that I wondered if God was really there. And that when I, when I experienced this wind of encouragement, I go, shoot then, God. If you're cleansing me, and however long, if this takes one year, God, and don't let it take one year, God, but if whatever, it's worth it. Because he was encouraging me that he was there, he was actually doing something, and it was for my good, right? And it's been over two months, and it's way, 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 way better. You know, let me show. No, I'm not going to show you, but it's, 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 it's good now. You would never know anything's there, really. It's still kind of itchy at times, you know, and stuff. And my family, whenever they see me, don't scratch. You know, they say, don't scratch. And I go, too bad. <laughs> you know. And uh, not back, but you know what? It, it continues on, you know. And I thought about that. And you know what? The flood didn't disappear in a day, right? In Genesis 8, verse 2, it says the underground water stopped flowing and the torrential rains from, from the sky were stopped. So the flood waters, what? Gradually receded from the earth. After 150 days, exactly five months from the time the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountain. Two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks began to be visible. And what we see here is it just didn't just go like that. It took time, you know? And often God works his deliverance in us gradually, little by little, day by day, step by step. And one of the things, and maybe one of the reasons he does that is it keeps us just staying close to him, you know, that connected to him. I've never prayed as much as I prayed in the last few months. And now it's like, man, how could I not have prayed that much before? And when things are good, I'm still praying a whole lot, you know. And God's doing some good things, so much so that I can just thank him for what he's doing. And, and you know, often he's going to give you winds of encouragement. It's not going to happen instantly, but, you know, it's going to be gradual, but he's going to send encouragement to you. The second thing is when you're waiting on God, you know, God will remember you and he will give you a sign of hope, that he'll give you a sign of hope. In verse 6, we read, after another 40 days, right, 150, then months, and now after another 40 days, Noah opened the window and he, that he had made in, in the boat and released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters of the earth had dried up. Also, he released a dove to see if the water had receded and it, was, it could find dry land, but the dove couldn't find um, no place to land because the water was still, cover, you know, still covered the ground. So he returned back to the boat, and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back in. Right? So it's like, oh, not yet. Verse 10. After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time the dove returned to him um, <clears throat> in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. And then Noah knew that the floodwaters were almost gone. And he waited another seven days, then released the dove again, and this time it did not come back. Found a nest, found a tree. And Noah was looking for signs, something that would tell him that the flood was ending, you know. And I'm sure he was getting tired, right, being with all them animals, you know. 
And the thing is, you know, we're talking, this is a long time, it's over, over a year now, and, and, and can't even imagine, you know, the smells on that ark and other aspects of, of living on the ark with all them animals, you know. And, and he sent that, those, those, those birds out, you know, just wanting a sign from God. And God showed him that, hey, you know what, plants are beginning to grow again. And you know what, the flood must be ending soon. And waiting for God while enduring a difficult situation isn't easy, right? I don't know if you're like, I hate waiting. You know, I just hate waiting. You know, it's just, it's, it's hard. You know, I don't know. I just, I, probably all of you folks, you're fine. But you order something in the mail and you look at the next day, why isn't it here yet? You know, right? And then, you know, thank goodness for tracking, but at the same time, it's not good. It's still in Kentucky, right? And then the craziest thing is what? It starts off in California, and it goes to, why is it going to Kentucky? Right? Why? And then it comes back to California, and then it comes here and says, this is crazy, right? And I don't like waiting, and some of you all don't like waiting, right? <clears throat> and, and, and it's like we can almost endure most things if we know when it's going to end, right? Applies to sickness, personal pain, broken relationships, trouble at work, school, financial stress. You're seeing a loved one suffer. Whatever it is, we can take it if we know that two weeks from next Tuesday, you know, it's going to end. Our troubles are coming to an end, right? Then we know, all right, just, you know, right? It's like, like as you know, my daughter is in California, in Los Angeles, on an architect um, internship, right? She's coming back May 4th, 6 p.m., Hawaiian Airlines, flight 41, right? Okay, so it really helps knowing that. Right? If it was indefinite, like, when are you coming back, Michelle? Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> right? But I know, it's on my calendar, mark the days. Man, days go by so slow. But, you know, whatever it is, we can take it knowing that it's going to come to an end. Because we watch and we wait and we wait, and, and, and we wonder, and we pray, and our question is what? When you're going through skin affliction or whatever, is what? What is the question? When is this going to end? Right? When is this going to end? And, and, and here's the thing. With God, the answer is this. In God's time, like in God's perfect time, this is going to end. Not a day sooner, but not a day later. That in God's perfect timing, this is going to end. That God knows the perfect timing for everything. You know, that in our doubt and in our confusion and our despair, we can trust and rest on this truth. That God can make the dry ground appear anytime he chooses, right? right? He can do that anytime he chooses. And we may feel forgotten and abandoned in the flood, but dry land's going to appear you know, when God's perfect timing is at hand. That God hasn't abandoned us. God hasn't forgotten about us. And God gave Noah a sign, and God still gives signs and tokens of his grace today. He does to you, and he does to me. You know, in my skin affliction adventure, I can think of two signs, right? Going through this thing, two signs. One day I said, God, this is it. Can't take this no more. And on that day, God led me to Psalm 41. Verse 1 to 3. 
The Lord sustains him on his sickbed in his illness. You will restore him to full health. And I said, okay, God, if that's your word to me, I take it. That I'm on my sickbed and it's a mess, but you're going to restore me to full health. Take it. Second sign was one day I was at, at service here and just wanting to scratch, you know. And then in walks this young man named Isaac Fong, right? And Isaac Fong, what he went through as a, as a child, you know, was way worse with his, was eczema, right? Was way worse than what I went through. I mean, you know, I just, Isaac is one of my heroes now, you know. And just talking to him, and he was sharing some of his experiences and all that. And, you know, it was like, God, thank you that on this day, you made a way that Isaac would talk to me. And it was like an encouragement, a token of God's grace. Like, man, this is going to end. Look at Isaac now. Look at him. He's buff. He's a young man. One day, I'm going to look like that. You know? One day, I'm going to wear tight T-shirts. One day, I'm going to be like Isaac Fong. And it was a sign of hope to me. You know? So every day now, I, you know, I check, you know, you check in the mirror. You know, like, is my skin better? Yeah. Yeah, skin's good. Yeah, not bad. It's good. Do, do, do I look like Isaac Fong? No, not yet. Okay, got to keep going. But it's going to happen one day, one day. And that was like a sign from God. And God will often give us a scripture verse. Or, you know, some people I've heard that God's given them like a worship song. You know, maybe a song you heard on Sunday. You're going through a, like, oh, man, that song really ministered to me. And all week long, right, you just hear that song. Um, God will do that. It might be a phone call or an email out of the blue or a text or a casual talk on a Sunday morning. But God still gives signs. And he gives tokens of his grace to let us know that he's still there and he remembers us, no matter what we're going through. The third thing, when you're waiting on God, God will remember you with words of instruction. Yeah. God will remember you with words of instruction. Verse 13, now Noah is a 601 years old. You can imagine the candles on that cake. You know, on the first day of the new year, ten and a half months after the flood, the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth, and Noah lifted back the covers of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Two more months went by, and at last, the earth was dry. Yeah? After being on the ark for over a year, the land was dry. Verse 15. Then Noah, then God said to Noah, right? Over a year now, now we hear God's, we don't know if God was talking to him on the ark, but we know here, God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and, your, and their wives, release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, release them all, you know, so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. And so they get out, large, small animals, they go out pair for pair. And for the first time, God speaks to Noah and and gives him words of instruction. See, this is what time to get off, you know, and do this, right? And, and, it's, and, and what we see that here's a situation, and you could have thought, man, where's God? And then after a year, God finally speaks to, to Noah and says, Noah, time to get off. I want you to go and do this. Be fruitful, multiply, get all the animals off. And God gives him words of instruction. And you may be in a situation where you're going to, you know, that you feel forgotten or alone. Prayers, man, where's God? You know, the whole thing. 
And, and you may really lack that conscious sense of God's presence in your life. You know, what do you do? You do what Noah did. You do what Noah did. You stay faithful to no, you just stay faithful to what you know to be true. You just keep trusting and you keep obeying the Lord. Day after day, Noah had to get up, take care of his responsibilities on the ark. Didn't matter if he felt like it or not. It just didn't matter. He knew that God had given him a job to do and that he was going to do it. That he knew that God had led him this far and he knew that God is there. Even though he can't see him, even though it's really discouraging, you know, that close relationship that he had with the Lord is paying off now because he said, you know what, I know. God hasn't spoke to me for a while, but I know God's still there. And I'm going to keep doing what I do. And he remained faithful. He remained faithful. And I heard someone once put it this way. He said, do not doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. Right? And that was so encouraging to me. Don't, you know, don't doubt in the darkness when things are rough what God has shown you in the light. Wait on the Lord and obey as you know. And then in the midst of your waiting, right, on God, in this perfect timing, God's going to give you words of instructions. He will show you what to do, right? And in my skin infliction adventure, God spoke clearly at two times. At once, he told me that he was cleansing me from the inside out, like I told you. And the second time, really important time, that he told me to go to the doctor. You know, how did he do that? Through an impression and also an email from Dr. Max Fowler, you know. Uh, Dr. Max Fowler said, I think you should go to the doctor, right? You know? Yeah. And, and he was really good about it. He didn't go, look, Mark, I know you're scared. I know you're chicken, but just go anyway, right? Even a girl would go, you know? I mean, he didn't, he didn't say nothing like that. He just said, I think you should go to the doctor. Simple like that. And then, you know, when Dr. Max Fowler tells you to do something, normally you don't do, right? But uh, no, I know <laughs> I had to go, right? So I went, and, and you know what? It was really important because that was like a breakthrough. You know, I needed to go. I needed to get stuff, steroids, so I can be like Isaac Fong, you know? Get that stuff, take care of that stuff, you know? And, 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 and God will remember you. And God will, will give you words of instruction because he hasn't forgotten about you. But, but it, it's about his perfect timing. And a lot of times when he's silent, it's an opportunity we have to grow, right? We don't know what God's doing. I'm a mess, but I know God says to keep doing this, so I'm going to do this. And we grow in our character and in our faith. Because we're going to keep doing what we know God has called us to do, you know. And for some of us, it's like, man, I don't feel like coming to service today, you know. Is Mark speaking today? He, oh, I don't know if I want to come today, right? Now, if Max was coming, I, maybe I'd speak. If Dave was speaking, I'd Mark, I heard Mark enough, right? And, and, you know, it's like, and you're feeling sorry for yourself a little bit because you're going through a really hard time. Maybe God is saying, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. And in my perfect timing, I'm going to work things out. See? That I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, really, I, I'm, I'm going to be there for you, and I'm going to give you a wind of encouragement. That maybe when you got here, God's going to give you a wind of encouragement. Maybe he's going to give you signs of, and tokens of his grace. You know? Just like he did with me with Isaac. He'll give you words of instruction in his perfect timing. And maybe what he's doing is he's, he's allowing you to draw closer to him see, as you're going through this hard time. And so we gotta, we got to stay faithful because God hasn't forgotten about us. But here's the last thing. 
So often we forget something really super important when God remembers us, right? When things are done, it's like, yay, done, right? Forget something. What did Noah do when he got off that boat, you know? That, that, that he leaves, he does what God wants him to do, you know, he gets the animals out, it's real important. But can you imagine, what would you do if you were stuck on a boat floating around for over a year? What would you do? You get out, woohoo, you run around, you go, all right, let's go, time's a wasting, let's get going, God's called us, let's go, right? What did Noah do? Verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and the birds that he had been approved for that purpose. And the first thing Noah did was he stopped to worship and thank the Lord. That's what he did. Can you imagine that? After being stuck on there? And he said, sure, sure, I would too. But how often we forget when God gets us through something, do we stop to, to remember him? Do we stop to say thank you and worship him? I mean, really stop and worship him. Not like, hey, thanks, God. Right? And he stops and he builds this altar as a way to memorialize what God has done. So when they look at that, they would remember what God had done. And Noah took time to remember the God who remembered him. You know, how important that is. That is so important. And when we do, we please God. Verse 21. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said, never again I'm going to curse the ground. Rainbows come out. That's a sign. Never again will I do what I did. But here's the thing. God, the Lord was pleased with the aroma of what Noah did. Even in the midst of a flood, God remembers us because he's a faithful God. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, God remains faithful because he can't disown himself. That's who God is. And if you're going through a tough time, God's going to be faithful because he's a faithful God. I'm call up the worship team, all right? Now, here's the thing. We all go through tough times. We all go through hard times. And there are times that, you know, it's like, man, God, you still around? And do you remember me? And what God wants to say to you today is he remembers you. He remembers you. And maybe for some of you, you've come off a really tough time and you saw God do some amazing things. What did Noah do? He remembered the God who remembered him. And maybe it's time to remember the God who remembered you. And that's something we all can do. That's what communion is for me. I remember all the things that God has done. What has God done for us? You know? Whenever I hold that piece of bread, that cracker, I think, man, God, that you sent your one and only son to die for me. Why? I don't understand. But God does. See? And no matter what you're going through, God remembers you, right? So let's pray. Why don't you stand with me? And let's pray, all right? And again, if you've never, ever accepted Jesus as your Savior, let today be the day. Yeah? That, that just get connected with the God who will always remember you. And all it takes is for you to say, Jesus, I accept your sacrifice on that cross for me, that you died on that cross for my sin. You know, come and be my Savior. I believe that you died for me. Just say that. You know, come in. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. 
your great love for us. Help us to remember you, the God who remembers us. We thank you in Jesus' name.